Are you wanting to host more this coming new year? What mindset shifts do you need to make to make that happen? You will find some insight about that in our conversation today. Hello, and welcome to the 59th episode of the Happy Hostess podcast, where we find joy in hosting, but without all of the stress. I'm your host, Christy Lalonde, and I'm returning from a break last week over the holidays. I hope you and your family had a wonderful Christmas season. I'm excited to start the new year of 2024 with you. Today's episode is just a little different in that I'm sharing with you a conversation I had with Amy Long on her podcast, Conversations with the Hostess, where she was kind enough to invite me as a guest. Amy and I are talking all things hospitality and especially about mindset and how transforming our mind changes our outlook. And of course, changing our outlook changes the results and the experience that we have hosting others into our home. You will love Amy, and I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Conversations with the Hostess. I want to welcome Christy to the podcast. She's a wife and mom to three grown children and a proud Kentuckian. She has a ton of party and hostess experience at the Happy Hostess Collective, and you can hear her on her podcast, The Happy Hostess. I had the privilege to be a guest on your podcast, so thanks for being here. We're returning the favor. We just get to talk to each other again, which is great. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I've been listening to you for so long. And when I started listening to you, I certainly, it didn't occur to me that I would ever actually be on your show. So this is exciting for me. That makes me, that like warms my heart. You don't hear, you know, you do this like podcasting thing and you hope it reaches people and you know this, having a podcast yourself. And then you don't necessarily get a lot of feedback sometimes other than like your spouse or your very close friends. So hearing somebody else say that they've listened and are excited to be a guest is really cool. So I appreciate that you've been around for a while. So that's exciting. I know planning parties, hosting is something you've done for a really long time. Can you tell us like just your earliest memory of like hosting a party? I always think this is interesting of like, where did this get started? Well, My very earliest memories are actually my mother was hosting birthday parties. I was the only child, so I got a birthday party every single year. And I remember being so excited about planning it and, of course, having it. And so that's like my earliest memory. And I remember reading books when I was very young um, that were aimed at children for having parties. Like there was this Halloween party book. And I just read that a hundred thousand times because it had all these like gross recipes for like eyeballs and spaghetti and (laughs) that sort of thing. So that's my earliest memory. But for real hosting, like as an adult, definitely it was when I had, I was invited to be the matron of honor for three different people within like 18 months. Oh, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a crash course in learning how to host showers, bachelorette parties, you know, all the things. And I loved it. It was so much fun. That's awesome. It can be very overwhelming whenever you have to do that much because that job just includes, like you said, so many things like bridal showers, bachelorettes, all that stuff. And I feel like it's probably gone like a little out of control these days, but then having to do it three times in a short period of time is kind of crazy. Yes. Well, this was a long time ago. So you're right. It was before Pinterest. So it was before, well, I say it was before Pinterest. I mean, we're talking about 
1997-ish time frame. So it definitely was more tame back then than it is now with all the ideas that are out there. But it was still, it was still fun, so fun. And it just, it really does help you just kind of have to jump right in and you learn as you go. Definitely. Sometimes I wish Pinterest wasn't around so that we didn't have like idea overwhelm or this like concept or thought of like, oh, it has to be bigger and better or perfect or look a certain way. Like sometimes it's nice just to keep it simple and not like publicize everything that's happening. But that's just, you know, my kind of personal opinion sometimes, but I still love Pinterest. (laughs) Me too. I do love it, but you're right. There's, I waste a lot of time on seeing, is there something a little better? Mm-hmm. Do I need, and I enjoy it. So it's not exactly a waste because I do enjoy looking, but it it keeps me from making a decision sometimes and moving on. Yes, totally. I suffer from decision overwhelm. Like I only need three choices and I can make a decision like in a split second, but give me a hundred deci- or a hundred options. And I'm like, nope, not, not making a decision for four months. Like not going to happen. Yes, our, our brain literally shuts down um, exactly. when we have, have, ma- have to make too many decisions. And so I actually, with the way my brain works, I have to like budget how many decisions I'm making. Like I don't go to the grocery store in the evening because I will be there forever and a day because I've already made a lot of decisions and in in, I've got fatigue by the time I get there. That's a really good point. Yeah. I know you're from Kentucky. I have some family that lives there. I've visited Kentucky, Louisville specifically, like almost every summer growing up. Can you tell us something specific that the South does better when it comes to hosting? Like we always hear about Southern hospitality. What makes that so much better than something else possibly? Not saying it's better, but like it's just that that thought process of Southern hospitality is really great. Well, I mean, it's kind of basic, but I I just feel like always putting the other person first and at ease. And usually it's kind of based like in your home, like you serving the people. I feel like sometimes the farther north you go, the more they, they entertain probably just as much, but like it might be more in a setting like at a hotel or in where people are serving you as opposed to in in your home, if that makes sense. And that might just be something that my experiences, you know, that I've received, but that's kind of what I feel like Southern hospitality is all about serving the person and wanting them to feel welcome in your home. Yeah. That's a really good point of the difference of having somebody in your home and hosting them there versus like all meeting at a restaurant or something like that. And I've never really thought about that. Like you're the one doing the serving versus being served if you're somewhere else. So that's a really interesting thought process of just something to kind of think about. Maybe next time you go somewhere, it's like, are we going to a restaurant or are we going to a home? Like, how is that going to affect kind of the feel of things and how you connect with somebody else? So that's really interesting. I feel like the home is far more intimate uh, because you're seeing how people live and then that kind of makes them feel more open as well. Cause it's, you're kind of being vulnerable when you have somebody in your house, you know? And so I feel like the guests also feel like that they can be more open to a lot of times. I agree. I was thinking about this earlier of when we lived in England, one of my son's preschool teachers, her daughter was friends with my daughter. And so we had her family over once. And I I will never forget this, her being like, oh, wow, your son 
acts a lot different at home than he does at school. And I think that's the case for a lot of kids, but it was just really interesting looking back that she had, you know, because she was invited to her house and we got to spend that time together, she got to see another side of her student, but, and how he interacts like in his home and around his family and things like that. So I think that is similar when, like you're saying, when you go to somebody's house, even as a guest, even if you're friends with somebody for a long time, you're going to have a more intimate or a different kind of connection with them when you're at their house versus meeting them for coffee or whatever. So I just will always remember that and always want to tell her, Hey, Kelly, this is how he actually is. (laughs) His school persona is like not real. Let's be honest. (laughs) That is true. And I am actually quite grateful that children behave differently (laughs) out in public than at home (laughs) because they're usually on their best behavior. A lot of times (laughs) in at home, you know, you may not be the, the their best side all the time. So definitely. What's something looking back, you know, your kids are a little bit older now. What's something or memories or things that you've done maybe to instill good hospitality or how to host in your own kids? Is it something that you've done or was it like a focus that you had with your kids of this is how you should you know, host someone whenever you're older? You know, I look back and I wish that I had had a little bit more intention, honestly, of intentionally thinking, how can I help them know how to do this as a grown up? But I really didn't think a whole lot about that, except when it came time for the action, like when we were actually having people over. But I do feel like including them in the process, they kind of naturally learned how to do things. For example, I, I had three kids, but I still was really big on birthday parties for kids. And so I included them in the process of like, okay, so what should, what type of things are you interested in? Would you like to do that sort of thing? And, um, and so they kind of anticipated that party and saw me planning. And then of course they saw me executing the party as well and how we interacted with the adult parents that were at the party. And then of course, you know, they're being taught how to interact with their friends as well at a party that there was lots of prep time for that. (laughs) So I feel like it kind of was a natural process, but I would have, looking back, I would definitely wish I could have been a little bit more intentional about teaching them. Yeah. I mean, we could all day talk about the things we wish we would have done, especially when it comes to our kids. Are they hosting anything these days that you've like attended something that they've hosted? Actually, not yet. I, my oldest is in his last year of college, and he is getting ready, though, to go through that whole wedding shebang process. You know, he's not getting married, but his friends are starting to get married. So, like, he was just asked to be a groomsman. So, there's probably going to be, you know, a lot of that type of activity going on for him at that age. And my middle child is not quite 21. And actually, he I did hear about one of his friends hosting a party, a surprise party, like a congratulations type thing. And I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) They're not even 21 yet, but like they um, wanted to surprise their friend as congratulations on becoming a landlord. (laughs) I was like, that is so awesome. And then my youngest is a senior in high school and she has definitely always been in on the planning of the parties with me. She always had big opinions. (laughs) So she very, I feel like she has hosted them, even though technically I was hosting them. (laughs) Yeah. 
I feel that way with my nine-year-old sometimes. So I get that. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're striving a lot of times with the podcast and the content that you're putting out to make other women more confident hostesses. What's something you could encourage others to do to feel more confident when it comes to hosting that you've kind of gathered through all of your experiences? Well, nothing beats practice in doing something that you're not comfortable doing. But first and foremost, I feel like mindset is everything. If, you know, there are some people that are naturally um, very intimidated about whatever it might be. It might be their cooking or it might be just not feeling like their house is up to snuff or, you know, all there's a million reasons we can come up with not to entertain or not have people in our house. And I feel like kind of recognizing those fears kind of like out loud or on paper and really trying to be rational about them (laughs) is the first thing and really know that your reason for hosting is not to impress them with your beautiful house or your incredible cooking. You don't even need either of those things to entertain. You can entertain in a hotel, you can, or in a rented space and you can cater everything or call a fast food place to bring in whatever it is that you're having. None of that really matters. It's really about connecting with the other people and creating a welcoming space for your friends or your family. And so I feel like getting the mindset right will just change so much. But beyond that, I feel like just practicing and just starting super, super small. If you're like the more less experience you have, start smaller. Like you can invite your mom over for coffee if that's really like the at the place that you are. I mean, that's a great way to start. You know how to make coffee probably. <laughs> and your mom probably doesn't care <laughs> if it's terrible or not. She's going to love you no matter what, right? <laughs> exactly. Which your friends are going to love that you want to have them over, whether you call for pizza or if you cook them a gourmet meal, it doesn't really matter to them. There's, especially these days, people are just happy to be invited anywhere. Yeah. So I'd no be kidding. like, you know, in the past several years, it's just gotten um, our time together, getting together has been smaller than normal. So, so, and just, there are ways to, so many ways to make things simple when you're entertaining. Even if you want to cook everything, you can do things like, my favorite thing is a soup supper because soup is super easy. You can make it in advance and it is kind of heartwarming and filling all at the same time. And it is really low maintenance once your guests are there because you've already got it prepared and everyone, almost everyone loves soup. So it's, that's a good way to kind of start if you're like beyond the really scared comfort zone. (laughs) That's great. I, um, actually just had like a soup night with a bunch of friends and it was so fun to just, like you said, make things like well ahead of time. It sat on the stove all night. It wasn't something that you had to like constantly be, you know, attentive to. And I realized shortly, probably like within a few hours beforehand, I was like, I only have one ladle and we have like three soups and a couple of like hot drinks in the crock pot. So I I sent a message out to everybody and said, can you bring a ladle? And it was so fun to like watch people come through the door, like with their ladle ready to go. And I'm just like, this is the best part. Like, I don't know. It just like, we haven't hosted a whole lot at our current house. We moved in a year ago after living overseas and stuff. And like, it was a kind of a hectic year. So it was so nice to have like kind of a bigger group and it just warmed my heart again, knowing like, oh, I can do this again. I can invite people over and everybody's like part of the whole process because they're bringing their ladle. And it was just, it was just really cool. So if you do have a soup night, ask people to bring a ladle and makes them feel like included. And it's, 
it's just cool to like, know that I've spent time and energy, like making this soup, but I'm stirring it or I'm dishing it with, you know, my friends ladle, like their love is part of this too. So I'm sure there's some sort of deep meaning in there, but I'm, I was just like, oh my gosh, they're bringing their ladles. This is the best. That's so cute. I'm imagining them walking through the door. <laughs> like they like really you said, and you know, and that's, that's an example of mindset that could have been an easy place to freak out and think, oh my gosh, I have to run to the store and I have to go find ladles and, you know, and then be frazzled. And instead you just ask people to, to bring it in it's like a memorable part of the night. It was part of the story. And so it's the exact same situation, but it turned out in a positive manner because of your mindset. Yeah. Talking about being frazzled. I'm sure I'm not alone. You've hosted a lot where it can be stressful or you feel kind of frantic beforehand because something goes wrong or whatever. And then I know sometimes and I know you're probably the same way you put a lot of effort and planning into things leading up to it, like weeks or months in advance, you're thinking about it. And then you're actually not really that, at least for me, sometimes I'm not even that excited when the party rolls around because I put so much energy into like the prep of it. How do you encourage a host that if they're in that kind of situation where it's stressful or frantic, or they're like not that excited to like hit the happy switch and like get excited about hosting as people are you know coming in or coming over? And how far in advance are you talking here? Do you mean like that afternoon or are you talking about like a week before? Because <laughs> they're different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go week before. Okay. Well, the week before, I would definitely say edit. There's no reason, especially if you're like, you and I are probably the same that we like can over plan sometimes. 100%. Have too many things on the table. So the fastest way is to edit and remove whatever it is that is taking up too much time. Another way is to ask for help. And that can be hard for some people because they're control freaks. I don't know anyone like that, but I've just heard of that <laughs> happening. <laughs> but again, like you said, asking for a ladle can, you know, create a good experience. And the same can be true if you ask for help and then recognize that that you have probably overextended yourself and like get your brain back to where it needs to be and focusing on why you are having this event. I really, really think it's important before you start planning any event is to always ask, why are you doing it? And so it sounds rather cheesy and simple, but like if you're, you're going to invite your new neighbors over, let's say for dinner. And if you ask yourself, why are you doing it? You can be like, well, because I want the neighbors to get to know my other neighbors, you know, to show hospitality to them. And just kind of keep asking yourself why to each answer that you give yourself. And you can say, well, why Why is it important for them to get to know each other? Well, maybe the neighbor might be in a, a pinch sometimes and they really need something and they want to be able to ask a neighbor for help. And why is that important? You know, just kind of like it kind of resets your brain. And also it really helps set an intention for a party and and it helps like kind of figure out the who, what, where, and why also for a party. Because if you're inviting your neighbors over, you know, well, I we want to get to know them better in our neighborhood. So naturally let's do it at our house, you know. And who are we gonna invite? Well, we want to invite the neighbors that are closest, you know, in proximity to them, you know, that sort of thing. It just kind of helps naturally plan the the rest of the party. But I kind of have digressed a bit, <laughs> but the, the same process can also help you get help set your equilibrium about 
why you want to have this party and the real intention and purpose behind it. And it's not, you know, to have 80 different activities going on at one time at a party. It's because you want to create memories that that your child will remember and love and experience, you know. So it's just I, th- I feel like just asking that question to yourself can really help reset. Yeah, that's such a great reminder to all of us in any situation, but especially in hosting of, you know, why am I doing this? Why is it important? And yep, uh, that soup night turned into like three soups, a couple of, you know, like 42 different drink options and like a themed toppings bar. It was a big thing, but you can get super (laughs) overwhelmed sometimes. And you do have to kind of, like you said, reset and look back as to why. And I think it's good to hear that over and over from lots of people to know, just to be reminded that that's the focus on the important part of it. So, and not get overwhelmed or overextend your abilities. So I am the queen of that. (laughs) I think we all are. And that goes back to some of that, like Pinterest stuff or like just perfection or wanting to be over the top or whatever. And it doesn't have to be, it can be simple. So I'd love to learn a little more about the supper club you're in and how others can maybe create their own. I don't know if this started as like an actual let's have dinner together or it blossomed into something else, but I know you're in a really great group of kind of hostesses. How did that start? What does it look like? How do you support each other? And how could maybe somebody start something like that for themselves? Well, this supper club is very unique. It is not like traditionally what you think of. When you think of a supper club, I have been in a supper club like the traditional since since when we were younger, and and that is wonderful. Um, I think I would encourage anyone to do that. But this particular supper club that you're talking about is hosted by Lydia Menzies, and it is people all over the country that have an interest in hosting. And a lot of us have a business that might relate to hosting. Not everyone, though, certainly, and. Lydia is one of the most giving, caring people I've ever met, not to mention just very business savvy as well. And she originally started it with the hope of bringing people that like entertaining and want to learn more about it together. And it kind of morphed into a business, business networking group as well, because she is so she like she's a consultant and she's people pay her to come speak to businesses to learn about social media and all different things. So she was just was like, do y'all want me to tell you about this or like that? And so it just kind of morphed into that. Um, More and more business owners came. And so now it looks like I think there's not quite a hundred women and a couple of men. And I would say it's about 80% businesses and 20% of people he just left to entertain. And she hosts events every year that help promote people's businesses, but also just create community. Like I have never been a part of a community like that where everyone is so giving and I wants to help everyone else. And I think it's just because Lydia attracts people like her and she is so caring and giving and helpful and just once goes over and above in every way possible to help the individual. And and she is quite the entertainer. She is amazing with what she does. She knows how to, she definitely knows how to create an experience that people will remember. And she does that for us on a larger scale. A lot of these events will have like 24 people because it'll be in different parts of the country. So not everyone can come obviously, but she is the expert entertainer for sure. 
That's awesome. I love a group of women that have, especially like some sort of like foot in the entrepreneurial space where they want to, you know, help each other out, like you're saying, but then also grow. And I think, you know, that is a very specific kind of uh, group and community or supper club, as you guys call it. But I think the the theme really there is that you guys all have a common goal or a common interest that brought you together. And then you have giving, caring people there. And I think you can find that with anything that you're interested in, whether it be entertaining or, you know, running or what, you know, whatever it right. might be. When you say that she has, like, she can create an experience, what is something that she's done or something that you've experienced at one of her events that somebody could incorporate into something that they're hosting at their home that would make the event more of an experience. I feel like she's very good at personalizing everything. Oh, okay. And like, here's a very good example is that like when within her events, you know, she will include people's businesses in any way possible that she can include. And it's very obvious about the intention and care that she has gone in order to do that and to help promote the business or the member in whatever way possible. And she always goes to recognize that individual and in a very natural, it's like a very natural um, organic way and not, you know, sponsored by, you know, (laughs) it's just, and she knows how to make someone feel very special. And she's incredible at just details that you wouldn't think to do nor naturally, even with staring at Pinterest all day. I feel like she just comes up with really creative ways that are to um, display things and makes you realize that she's put a lot of thought and care into the fact that you are coming to this event and wants you to experience something unique. I love that. That's awesome. And I think we can all do that in our own ways. You know, I think it takes knowing who your guests are, like you're saying, knowing them and incorporating things about them. So maybe it's their dietary restrictions or the music they like on a playlist or something. So that's great though, that you've experienced that. Um, I think we can take a lot of value out of your experience from it. So that's great. We're going to get into our last call questions here in a second, but before we do, can you tell everybody where to find your podcast and all the great content that you're putting out? Thank you. Um, you can find my podcast on any podcast app. I think that's out there. And if you can't, please let me know so I can take care of that. It's if you just search for Happy Hostess Podcast, you should find me. And I have a website, Happy Hostess Collective, and we'll have Happy Hostess Podcast up soon. But they are under construction. So depending on when this is airing, then will depend whether or not it's up. But, and of course I'm on Instagram at happy hostess collective. And that is where I'm most active. I'm on Facebook too, but unfortunately I may miss a message or two often on, on Facebook. I just have trouble with that technology for some reason, but on Instagram, you can get a hold of me there. Yeah. I'm the same way. I don't get on Facebook much. So if somebody sends something there, I'm like, Oh, that was two months ago. Haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that has happened to me sev- yeah. several, several times. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we have links to everything in the show notes so everybody can click around and find your podcast. I was listening to some episodes recently. You've got some great Thanksgiving episodes coming up or that are out right now, which might be really useful for people. So I recommend everybody go check it out. Yeah. Okay. We're going to, yeah, we're going to get into our last call of questions. The first is what is the best party that you've hosted? Oh gosh, the best. 
it's always so hard. <laughs> yeah, that is really hard. Like they're they're different best for different things. <laughs> One of the most memorable I'll I'll say is because it was impromptu as we had a an ice storm and in Lexington like it was around 2002-ish and we had electricity and no one else did it seemed like so everyone just piled into our house like friends from all different like walks of life like some were from high school some were from church and like but it was so fun it lasted several days that's why it was also <laughs> very memorable it was impromptu no planning uh, you know not that i was sitting there stocked up on food by any stretch of the imagination because i didn't know it's going to happen but it lasted for days and it was so fun very memorable oh my gosh i don't know how i would handle that <laughs> Like having your neighbors and people there for like days on end. That's a lot. It it kind of was a lot, but it, it really was very fun. It was like people were coming in and out, like as they would get electricity or, you know, or might get cut off or yeah, it was, but in no one, there was no expectation. That was what was fun. I think about it. We played cards for days. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. What is the best community that you've been a part of and what's made it so great? I would definitely say Lydia Menzies Supper Club yeah. is right up there. Yeah, I think we covered that. That sounds like a good, yes. a good place to be. And then lastly, what is your best party hosting tip? Definitely that you as the hostess set the tone of the party. And like, as we were saying, it's easy to get frazzled. And if he, if we're frazzled, our guests are like going to feel it and it's not going to be fun for the guests at all. So I feel like making sure that you are in the right mindset and that in the best way, really, I feel like to make sure you're in the mind, best mindset is to plan ahead, <laughs> to write everything down possible so that you can feel like you've got a good handle on everything. Yeah, that's a a great tip that we hear over and over is to plan ahead, but definitely, like you're saying, your kind of vibe is going to influence a lot of the party. So it's a good reminder to maybe take a breath and chill out before everybody comes. Yes. Have a cocktail, whatever you need to do. Yes. Yeah. A friend said when I asked about like, what's your best hosting tip? They were like, take 30 minutes before the party to be alone and like have a glass of wine and just kind of enjoy what you've done. And I feel yes. that is that is a great way to get into that happy place <laughs> before your guests get there. Yeah, that's a great, uh, great tip. Great reminder. So Christy, thank you so much. This has been great. And I know a lot of people are going to enjoy hearing your story and your tips and probably want to join the same supper club. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I've had so much fun. And I want to remind everyone that I do have an episode with you. It's number 30. I'm sure that your listeners will want to hear it. So it was a great episode. Yep. We can listen to both of us again. Why not? Well, thank you again for joining me today. I do hope you will listen to the other episodes of Amy's podcast, Conversations with the Hostess. Next week, I'll be discussing some trend predictions for 2024 on what will be popular in parties and entertaining. Until then, bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. 
A new episode comes out every Tuesday and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week. 